Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in with us today on our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. Our podcasts are brought to you by the Military Child Education Coalition, whose work is focused on ensuring quality educational opportunities for all military-connected children affected by mobility, family separation, deployments, and transition. Here at the MSEC, we want to ensure that every military child is college, workforce, and life ready. In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. The MSEG For the Sake of the Child podcast team would like to thank Mountain Post Spouses Club for sponsoring today's podcast. Your support allows us to not only share information and resources, but also build connection through shared stories and experiences, providing military kids, their families, and the professionals who serve them the tools they need to help our military-connected children thrive. Welcome everyone to our podcast for the sake of the child. My name is Susan Sellers. I'm the spouse of an active duty service member, parent to three military kids, master parent-to-parent educator, and now a podcast host at the Military Child Education Coalition. Today, we're going to talk to Dr. Robert Ivney, a new board member here at the MSEC. Dr. Robert Ivney became the president of the University of St. Thomas in 2017. During his 13-year tenure, he opened the Carol and Otis Peavy School of Nursing, established a new intercollegiate athletic program, and raised $146 million of the university's Faith in Our Future campaign. Prior to his retirement from the Army with the rank of Major General, Dr. Ivney presided over one of the nation's most respected institutes for the education of strategic leaders, the U.S. Army War College in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Serving as the Commandant of the War College capped Dr. Ivney's 34-year career in the Army. During his various commands as an armored cavalry officer, he led soldiers in the United States, Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, the Federal Republic of Germany, and Vietnam, where he was wounded in action and decorated for valor. Dr. Ivney, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much, Susan. It's, a, it's really an honor to be with you, and it's an honor to uh, serve on the board. Well, I only shared just a small portion of your very interesting and very successful career with the military and then in the private sector. I mean, we could probably do a podcast just on those experiences alone, but I thought today we could explore the journey that you took with your family while you were in the military. Would you share how many children you and your wife, Marianne, have together and a little bit uh, about each one? Well, thank you. Uh, it has been a journey, and I think that's a very nice way to put it. Uh, we have, uh, we're blessed with four children. Our oldest is uh, Chris, and he is uh, a colonel of the Army. He's also a psychiatrist now working in uh, Washington, D.C., and he and his family uh, live outside D.C. Uh, but Chris went to ROTC at Providence, uh, and then uh, when I got his medical degree, and has been serving uh, in a number of different places uh, here in the Army for quite some time. Our second is uh, Mark, now uh, Father Mark. And Mark was in the reserves for a short time as a seminarian, uh, but he became a Catholic priest about eight years ago and now serves in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. 
he uh, is very close uh, to his siblings, and we're very proud of the fact that he has chosen uh, this way to serve. Our daughter is Julianne, and she took a quite unusual uh, journey. Uh, she became a, uh, she graduated, I should say, from Marquette University in anthropology, and then went on to the American University of Lebanon, where she got a degree uh, in anthropology. She then uh, entered the army and became member of the terrain teams, as they were called, support teams to divisions in the field. And she served as a GS-14 in Iraq uh, for a year, and then went on to teach at uh, various schools in the army. Brian, our youngest, went on to West Point. He served five years uh, in the army as an artillery officer, had two tours in Iraq, and then uh, 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 got out and is now serving in Houston. So we're very proud of all our four children. They all serve their country, you know, in different ways. Three of them served uh, in Iraq, and it, uh, we had two occasions. We had two there at the same time. So we were, we're just uh, very proud and we're thankful that they all made it back. I am sure you are. And in addition to serving, based on their careers, it seems you and your wife instilled this importance of education in your children. And you had actually shared with me, though, that this value was carried over from father. Will you share with our listeners about your parents and why your dad was particularly passionate about engaging in higher education? Well, my, my dear parents uh, fled from Hungary in uh, 1945. And uh, after a couple of years uh, in uh, Austria and so forth, they came to United States. I was actually born in Austria and uh, came to the United States when I was two years old. And of course, when they left their homeland, they had to leave everything, their friends, their family, homes, uh, whatever possessions they had. And when they came to America, they, they literally had to start a new life, learn a new language and uh, begin all over. But my dear father, in addition to being very grateful to the United States for giving us the opportunity to start a new life, he always emphasized to me that an education is something that you can never lose. An education is something that no one can take from you. And whatever happens to you in the world, things that you may never envision or even think about, if you have an education, you have the way to start all over again. And that is what he did. Well, I think that philosophy obviously was carried over when raising your kids. And it's such a, in some ways, a, a simple idea, but yet a very impactful one that really helps you to appreciate and to value education. And achieving a quality education, though, is not always easy, especially if you have a child that has a learning disability. Then adding in, you know, frequent moves as military families that we we certainly experience. And I, I think you've had your fair share of moves. You know, life can become really challenging. I know during our initial interview, you had shared your son, Mark, has dyslexia. How did you and your wife make sure he received the services he needed to succeed when dyslexia program offerings and supports, you know, they vary widely uh, with each location as you move? Well, uh, especially in those days, uh, it wasn't that long ago, you know, uh, some of these learning disabilities were not as well understood. And they simply were not the facilities and the trained teachers 
to address them. So for us, it was a struggle to find uh, the right combination of tutors, teachers, programs, and schools every time we moved. Now, each of our children attended eight different schools from kindergarten to 12th grade. And as I like to point out, it wasn't because they were asked to leave. It's just that my, my duty assignments took me to different places. So because we have to move, like so many military families do so often, to find the right support for any child who has a learning challenge is very important. And one of the reasons my dear wife then became part of MSEC several years ago was because of the experiences that we had with all our children. Well, I think you kind of tapped on, I really liked how you said finding the right combination um, because services and schools, every child is unique and every child is different. It sounds like you and your wife recognize the importance of schools understanding too the dynamics of military families. And I think you very modestly shared that she had been part of MSEC, but she actually was part of the early grassroots movement on advocacy for military children and led parent workshops around the world as a board member of MSEC. As we talked about earlier, Marianne is not the only one who believes in service. As you shared, all four of your kids have served in some capacity at some time, whether it was in the military or in their community. Will you talk about why the value of service is so important? Gosh, uh, uh, Susan, I, I wish I knew the exact answer to that in terms of why did the children, uh, why were they so attracted to, in our case, the Army and the whole life of service? I think it's a part of the experience where they, they saw what I was doing, they saw what Marianne was doing, they saw that it was a, it was a, a beautiful and a, and a noble calling to serve your country. And, you know, of course, there were challenges, uh, especially as we, as we had to move so often, go to different parts of the world that perhaps uh, others did not. But the, the bottom line was it, we, were, we were happy and we were glad to serve our country. And, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to do something with your life, what better calling than to serve others through this very, what I would call noble profession. And so uh, with, uh, with really no coercion on our part, they each decided to serve each in their own ways. But I think that, uh, well, I know that I'm, I'm very proud of them and uh, the fact that they each chose to serve our country. I think it's really interesting that they chose a path of service, you know, without your undue influence uh, or uh, (laughs) high suggestion that they follow in the ways. But it sounds like they had two really great examples to kind of shape them and to recognize that when you do something for your community, when you're helping others, there's such a, you know, such a level of fulfillment. You realize that the world is bigger than just yourself and that when you can contribute to that world, that that just helps to mold you as a person and also to, to mold your future. Um, because, you know, we never know when something is going to shape the direction that the future may take them, you know, for us, our path. And you gave a little bit of information about your daughter, Julianne, but I really want our listeners to know about the story of how she came to studying anthropology. And this was actually linked to a particular duty station. Is that right? Um, when you guys moved to a, a particular place that had such a huge effect on her. 
I received orders uh, after the Gulf War to uh, serve uh, in Saudi Arabia as part of the advisory team there in Riyadh. And, you know, of course, that was a, a huge move going from the United States to a place like Saudi Arabia, especially for a female. My daughter at that time was, uh, uh, was an early teen. We decided that, you know, we're going to make this a big adventure. And so we talked it up. This was going to be something that is a, truly an opportunity that very few people have to have an inside look at a completely different culture. And I think that, you know, on all moves, children reflect the attitude of their parents. If the parents take a very positive attitude uh, that we're going to work this out, it's going to be fun, uh, the children naturally, I think, tend to reflect that same attitude. So in our case, your daughter really understood and grew to ad admire and in many ways, how should I should say, engage with and understand a totally different culture. So when it came time to go ahead and choose uh, uh, her life work, she chose anthropology. And then for her master's degree, she said, well, I, I want to get into this even more and chose to go to Beirut. That was a, a very brave decision on her part. And she did a, a marvelous job there for two years, went through uh, all kinds of conflicts, uh, had to leave uh, when there was uh, some combat in Beirut. And so came back to the United States for six months. Uh, I went to uh, school here for a semester, then went back to Beirut. And, uh, you know, her understanding and her uh, respect for different peoples and different ways of life has shaped her tremendously. And I think it's been a huge part of, of who she is. So again, just an example of what the military can do in terms of shaping the, the our children and choosing their life's work. I have to say, I, th I love that you looked at these moves as positive, that these were opportunities, not obstacles for yourself and for your kids. And she ultimately was part of something that's an all-terrain team, if I understand, understand it, that would brief units on the cultural aspects of different groups there in the Middle East. Is that correct? Yes. She uh, used her uh, her education, her background, and really, I think, just her calmness and her ability uh, to reach out and connect with people, even if they were, you know, totally a different background or spoke a different language, and was able to then uh, just basically talk to them and think passed on a lot of very good information uh, that was used by our military. And so therefore, she and her team did, I think, marvelous work. Well, I just think it's amazing that her experience of living in Saudi Arabia really kind of shaped what she was going to do in the future. And look, you know, what a great opportunity it brought her. What other things did you and your wife do to kind of help promote this positive outlook when it came to military life? Well, gosh, uh, we, we tried to do our very best to take advantage of the uniqueness of each place that we that we serve. And, you know, every place, no matter where it is in the world or where it is in the United States, has something unique to offer. And so uh, uh, much to my children's <laughs> initial dismay, we started something on the weekends called F cubed and F cubed stands for forced family fun. And uh, what we did was uh, I would pick a spot and I wouldn't tell anybody, you know, what, what it was, that it was some 
fun place to go. It was either a, a hike to some destination, some unique uh, attraction, or something that was fun. And then we would go and uh, spend a good part of Saturday or Sunday uh, visiting that location. And uh, this became a, a great source of, uh, well, uh, eventually a great source of fun because the children, of course, would, would make recommendations on where we should go and that they got involved in the area. But it became a great source of fun. And it, it's very uh, satisfying to me to see that the, the ones that are married now, uh, they also have had forced family fun in their families and they try to take advantage of the places they live. But, you know, whether it be something like that or simply uh, just doing your very best to uh, accept some of the, you know, difficulties and challenges of, of living in the Army and moving so often, I think that it can be a great plus. And that's why it's so important that education shouldn't be any more difficult than it, it already is. By that, I mean changing schools, changing courses, changing requirements, all these should be as, as simple and as easy as possible. And, and that's what MSEC does. It makes those moves as effortless as terms of education as possible. Uh, there's enough uh, challenges as it is, a moving, especially teenagers. And we certainly don't need to have uh, administrative or other obstacles in the way of our children's education. I agree with you. Absolutely. There, there are enough obstacles and challenges and just physically moving. So it's, it's great that the military has resources like MSEC to support them. And I love the idea of F cubed. Leave it to, to an army guy to uh, come up with another acronym. Um, I, I love the idea that it's simple. You know, it's something maybe that's not really expensive. It's not terribly in depth. But it's obviously very meaningful because now, you know, some of your kids are carrying on that tradition. So, but I would also love to get your take, switching gears just a little bit and talking about our military teens and, you know, moving from high school to high school. You know, my oldest son attended three high schools, for example. As the former president of the University of St. Thomas, I know you are familiar with the process of searching for a college. And now with COVID-19 in the mix, this process of finding a school or finding the right fit or combination for our, our kids is a little bit more difficult to navigate. What advice would you share with those families that are maybe starting that journey of finding the right college? I think, Susan, that first we have to recognize that the military lifestyle has certain advantages and disadvantages for a young person going on to college. First, uh, I think a huge advantage is that they are used to moving. You know, going away to college isn't going to be the first time that they had to find uh, new friends and, and uh, get into, how should I say, different sports and activities. So that resilience that comes with living in the Army or any service is a huge advantage. And I think, secondly, uh, another advantage is the importance of family. Uh, no matter where you go, no, no matter what the external circumstances are or the external environment, you have your family. And your family, it is, it is a group of people, obviously, uh, that can support you no matter where you are and what you do. Now, what is difficult is to, to put together a, a resume, so to speak, 
that can uh, show all the things that you've done, especially if you've had to change schools. And as a result, maybe you weren't elected the class president or you uh, weren't accepted into some athletic team because you came late to school. And I think that the best way to do that is simply to look very carefully at the school, talk to the admissions counselor, explain your unique situation, and ask them for how you can best show who you are and what you've done. There's so many good schools. There truly are. And I think sometimes teenagers uh, hear something or they see something and say, oh, I really want to go to school X or school Y. And that sort of becomes their their desire. When if you look widely uh, and look carefully, you'll see there's just simply lots and lots of outstanding institutions that will do a great job for you. So don't be afraid to start early. Don't be afraid to engage with your admissions counselors when you do uh, pick some schools you want to look into more deeply. And then don't be afraid to, uh, to say it like it is. Say all the things, show all the things that you've done. And I think many colleges, in fact, most colleges, welcome diversity that is students who have been in different places, have done different things. And I think if you can portray that, uh, it can be a, a huge asset and not a detriment. Well, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say, take the fact that being a military kid is an asset and not a deterrent. And I think you bring up so many positive or strengths, actually, with the military children that, you know, they're accustomed to interacting with different cultures, different groups of people. They're accustomed to establishing new relationships and moving. And in the end, if they start, especially if you start early, and I love that you stress that, start your search early. It's it's never too early to start looking at where they maybe want to be in the future and not to just limit themselves, but to actually cast maybe a wider net and um, start looking at what really resonates with them in terms of a college. So, Bob, I wanted to, though, just kind of as we wrap up, this podcast is all about telling stories. Do you have a final inspirational story or maybe a message for us that you would like to share with our listeners? Well, gosh, when I ask our children, did you mind all the moves that you had to make, all the different schools you went to, all the times you had to leave your friends and uh, start all over again, so to speak. With, with a smile, they all say emphatically, no. We do not resent the moves we had to make. It was hard at the time, but we're so very, very glad now that we're obviously older, that we had this opportunity and that we had all that we did see and that our lives are so much richer because of the experiences that we had. And I think that's just the way we have to look at it. And the way I urge all our parents to look at it is to do our very best to put our best foot forward, so to speak, and explain to our children why this is so important. I know it's not easy to make the moves, but as I say, the children, they always laugh at me when I ask that question because I've asked more than once but they say, no, uh, mom and dad, we're, we're very, very happy. And as you can see, uh, the best testament I can give to that, that each of them have served, uh, decided to serve in the army in some form or fashion. So, uh, you know, actions speak louder than words, and we're extremely proud of them. But 
I'm a huge supporter of MSEC. I was happy to join the board because I could see the, the sheer goodness that they uh, brought uh, to our family and to so many other families, and that they, they're simply a great organization that does important work. Bob, I want to thank you for taking the time to share with our listeners today. Your experiences, I think, resonate with so many military families. I know they certainly resonate uh, when I, I reflect upon my family in the, the last 24 years and being in the Army. And I just love the stories. I think they give us some encouragement. It makes me feel a little bit of relief to hear that my kids are not going to uh, hold me accountable for having to move <laughs> 11 times during their childhood and, and and that these experiences are what they're what mold them and it makes them who they are today so i just want to just say that we're just very lucky though that you've chosen to continue serving military families by joining the msec family and we're very appreciative for your time and marianne's support to the msec as well Thank you, Susan. It's been a joy to, to speak with you. I wish you the very best. Uh, you know, MSEC's just doing great things. And uh, please keep up the good work. Well, thank you very much. And we also want to always thank our listeners for joining us today. And don't forget to please like, share, and subscribe. We always appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you'd like to hear more about. And we want to wish you a great day. This podcast has been made possible thanks to the generous support provided by Mountain Post Spouses Club. Thank you for making a difference in the lives of military children. I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.